This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for March 12th, 2018. Right-wing TV and radio shows, from Fox News to Rush Limbaugh, have dominated ratings for years. So you might be forgiven for not being so familiar with some of the offerings on the other side of the aisle. In this podcast, I talk to a syndicated host from a liberal network. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, what matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. You have everything you need inside of you right now to create a life that you love, and sometimes all you need is a dose of inspiration. My name is April Seifert, and I'm the host of the Women Inspired Podcast. Each week, I'll introduce you to a new inspiring woman who will share her story, her failures, and her successes with the hope of inspiring you to action. I hope you'll join me for the Women Inspired Podcast. I'm joined on the phone now by Brad Friedman. He's a blogger at bradblog.com. He's also the host of the Daily Bradcast program on Pacifica Radio, internationally syndicated. Brad, you're on a very politically liberal network and looking at your work, I think you're on the left, on the liberal end of American politics. What's the number one thing that motivates you? Uh, well, I would not say I'm necessarily on the uh, on the, the 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 liberal far left or however you described it of American politics. American politics is sort of all over the place today. What what uh, keeps me going is uh, <laughs> which is not easy these days, but is trying to uh, trying to educate the electorate. I feel like as a as a member of the media in the United States, I have that responsibility. It's the uh, really the only industry that is mentioned in the U.S. Constitution is the press, freedom of the press. And I think with that uh, constitutional dispensation, if you will, comes a responsibility, and that is to inform the electorate. And that is getting harder and harder and harder by why, the why? day uh, because there is – so much bad information out there, so many lies. The uh, media in many ways have been, uh, have been taken over, and this is uh, not just a Donald Trump thing that, that suddenly started, although he sort of has uh, jacked it into hyperspace. But mm-hmm. uh, for uh, years, we've had a sort of a corporate uh, media takeover, corporate takeover of the media that has more uh, corporate right-wing business interests in mind than they do educating the electorate with actual facts and things that people know to be better voters. And so somebody's got to do it. Um, yeah, and it's notable that the people like Fox News are more successful even than the MSNBCs, but they're certainly more successful than somebody like uh, Pacifica Radio or, you know, your network. Why is that? Uh, well, for one, Fox News uh, and MSNBC don't rely on the public airwaves to exist. Uh, our public airwaves have been taken over, have been bought up by corporations, by companies who simply uh, have no interest in 
uh, in telling the truth and informing the voters and making them smarter. Uh, they want to entertain. They want to make money. And they want to stay away from topics that might threaten their uh, the, the, the corporate stranglehold that they now have on our public airwaves. So, uh, you know, it's it's a struggle uh, with, with uh, Pacifica Radio. It's a struggle with progressive radio period across the country. If you if you drive across the country in pretty much any location you're at, you can turn on your radio and for free listen to, I don't know, two, three, four at least uh, different right-wing radio stations all, you know, telling you a whole bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Good luck finding any alternate point of view. Uh, but like aren't, a, aren't they just responding to the market? They're, they're giving people what they want to hear because they want to get uh, listeners and listeners bring advertisers, advertisers bring money. Um, they are telling people what they want to hear, isn't it? Uh, well, they could also run pornography on the airwaves. That would probably do even better than uh, uh, these uh, right-wing talk radio stations if making money is all you're interested in. But no, uh, it's not a matter of making money. This is not a matter of what listeners want to hear. We've seen uh, over the years where you've had uh, sort of apples-to-apple comparison of a good progressive uh, talk show host versus a, uh, a very good uh, right-wing talk show host like Rush Limbaugh, and uh, often the progressives will do better, and yet they are muzzled anyway. They are removed from the air. Uh, you know, for a while there was uh, progressive uh, commercial progressive radio stations around the country mm-hmm. that were owned by Clear Channel, the same uh, corporate outfit. Now it's called iHeartMedia, but it was the same corporate outfit who owned the uh, right-wing radio stations in many of the same towns. So what mm-hmm. did they do? They put the progressive radio stations uh, on signals that nobody could hear. They didn't advertise them. And uh, for the right-wing stations, they put them on the most powerful signal. They advertised them uh, you know, far and wide. And there is no the, – the end result is there is no actual free market competition in radio on our public airwaves. That's just a myth. I think that does still leave open why the audience doesn't demand um, more – Left-wing or liberal commentary, but putting that aside, that that they don't that they don't what what uh, type of com- commentary? Well, they they don't seem to demand it, and uh, the you know when the audience when there's an audience demand for something, usually somebody is willing to put up the product that people that the audience demand. But leave well, that no, aside. You're, you're, assu- you're you're assuming that these are uh, corporations who would like to have their own interest undermined, which is what free speech usually does, which is what progressive radio usually does. It will call out those huge corporations that own those stations. So they would like to, very much, they would like to stay away from that sort of thing. It, it, it's not a matter of, uh, of uh, demand. It is, not a, uh, it is not a free market on our public airwaves. And if you look apples to apples, you know, MSNBC now outperforms Fox News. So clearly there is uh, an interest in non-right-wing political uh, political views, but the market has been rigged by the corporate interests. I think it was George Orwell who once said that uh, news is something that somebody somewhere doesn't want you to know when everything else is advertising. Um, but <laughs> um, to, to go to some of the hot topics that you think are important, right now in the US, what do you think are the most enduring, most important uh, news topics? 
Well, I, you know, obviously we are currently in a national and I would suggest international emergency because of the president that we have sitting in the White House, uh, who is endangering the nation, endangering the world, and uh, it's a very real emergency situation. So Donald Trump right now sort of consumes everything. And uh, in many respects, that's unfortunate. One of the uh, ways that it's unfortunate is because there's a whole bunch of really bad, really troubling stuff going on that does not get coverage at all. Can I, can I pause the, uh, you there, Brad? Can yeah. I pause you there? Because I, you, you anticipated what I was going to say. Hasn't he performed perhaps one of the best propaganda tricks ever? He's managed to persuade all his enemies to do nothing but talk about him. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has been uh, quite successful in that regard. And frankly, I mean, they, they should talk about him, but they should talk about what he is doing rather than, uh, you know, policy-wise and the people that he is harming and how it is harming the people. Uh, there, there needs to be a connection made back to him. But uh, all too often right now, the media is simply obsessed with every uh, tweet that he puts out, all the political uh, nonsense and shenanigans that are going on in his White House and his uh, gross inability to to govern to know anything about what he uh, about the job that he has uh, they're consumed with that uh, and, and not as much on the real effects and the real harmful effects it's having on people right now people who are being rounded up and detained thrown in prison deported is, isn't this some sort yeah. isn't this some sort of like reverse effect of the celebrity culture he's for the left Donald Trump is an anti celebrity and they they hang on as you say every tweet every uh, every detail and they uh, Donald Trump is not doing well in the polls but he's not doing absolutely horribly in the way that you would expect if you believed that he was doing as horribly as a job as a horrible as job as a president as the left says he is doing isn't there part of that isn't part of that flowing from the fact that he's being treated like an anti-celebrity I think there's no question that he has hoodwinked, uh, and this is how he got into office in the first place, by the way. Yes, he's absolutely hoodwinked the media. That's not the same as, as hoodwinking uh, uh, the left. And by the way, his support uh, is coming almost entirely from the Republican side, uh, who very much keep themselves in a Fox News uh, anti-fact bubble. Mm. But, um, but, but his he, voters, yeah, his voters frequently came from people who were, you know, who might in the, in the last century be, have been called Reagan Democrats, but who were, you know, often people who voted for Obama but were uh, disillusioned uh, by, you know, the state of the economy and the apparent love affair of the left with identity politics rather than bread and butter issues. I don't think that's a minor issue at all, uh, unless you consider women to... If you're, uh, if you're working a factory you know. job, if you're working a factory job in the, in the Rust Belt, you probably do think that's a, a minor issue. Do you, do you really uh, care, yeah. do you really care sure. about, about uh, transgender issues if you're doing that? Sure. And if you're a, a, a black woman uh, trying to uh, find a job, you probably don't uh, care all that much about uh, some white guy who's uh, working in a factory, who has a job, who has a pension, uh, but who hates black people. Um, the, you know, these are huge issues. These are huge concerns. And uh, the guy in the factory who thinks uh, he's worried about the economy, who thinks the economy is not doing well, well, it has, uh, you know, under Obama, 
whether you liked Obama or not, strictly going by the numbers, uh, he rebuilt the economy damn near from scratch after the uh, global economic meltdown. And so if you want to vote for someone who doesn't know how to run an economy, who doesn't understand an economy, well, you can choose a Donald Trump uh, who will take away your money, who will take away your health care, who will uh, blow a hole in the deficit. And that's what they chose to do, not because they wanted those things, but because they were, again, wildly misinformed and disinformed by a, a failing corporate media. Is that entirely true? I mean, Fox News was quite opposed to Donald Trump during at least the early part of the Republican primaries. But are you really saying that Donald Trump hasn't keyed into anything else, that he's just uh, riding on a tide of corporate media? Isn't it a fact that he's he, he, he hit a, a sensitive spot? He put his finger on something and connected with people in a way that's quite uncomfortable for the left? Um, no. He, what he keyed in on uh, is, is white, dominant racism and hatred. And yes, of course, the left should be uncomfortable with that. I suspect that they are. But, um, you know, he, he did put a lot of lies out there, uh, pretending to be a populist, pretending to have uh, populist uh, policies in mind, none of which have been put in place, um, the opposite of which have been put in place, in fact. Mm. Um, so if they believed it then, uh, when they voted for him, okay, uh, I, I should hope they don't believe it now, now that Donald Trump has pretty much done the... Uh, the 180 degrees opposite of what it was that he uh, was was running on and was conning the American people on. He is a con man. He's a very accomplished con man. He's very good at it. Uh, tapping into people's racism and hate, hatred is uh, is a great way to get them to come on board. They did. Many of them still are on board, uh, even though he is. Uh, you know, even though the result was they voted against their own self interests, and so that's sort of where we are. I try often to stay away from the T word on this podcast. We've gone gone to town on it in this first part. Um, but putting Trump aside, what do you think are the major issues facing the U.S. at the moment? Well, that's kind of like when your house is uh, on fire and burning down and you're saying, you know, which room should I tidy up first? I, I understand. So you, you, it, see, it, you see it, that it, this is a huge, a huge, uh, as a huge issue. But I'm trying to, one of the things well, I try to do on this podcast is stay, away from, is stay away from personalities and go for ideas. And, and if you were to say, yeah. like, what dominant, not necessarily philosophical, but political idea is important yeah. at the moment, what would you go for? Uh, well, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, all of these things are being made worse by him, but uh, the economic disparity between the rich and the poor is getting uh, larger and larger by the day. Um, the uh, militarism that we uh, that we see, we, you know, we just passed a, a great big budget, which put a huge amount of uh, new spending into the military. Enough spending that would have, uh, you know, paid for free college for every American for uh, for the next year. Uh, our priorities are wildly out of whack. People are begging for health care mm -hmm. to just be healthy. I mean, these are sort of basic needs, and it's somewhat obscene that in the wealthiest country in the world, 
you have people who are, you know, fighting for basic health care, fighting for a good uh, education, fighting for a career when there are no careers anymore because those are all being, uh, you know, the, 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 the money is all being siphoned off to, uh, to corporate ownership. And uh, the good old middle class has uh, all but disappeared at this point. This is very serious, and it's going to – it doesn't end well, I'm afraid, one way or another. Uh, this does not end well. Uh, on top of that, uh, you've got the immigration issue where you have uh, millions of Americans living in fear that they could be scooped up out of their house and sent out of the country well, not uh, Americans. any moment. Uh, well, people living in America, correct, uh, people who are living in America, uh, who have been for decades, who could be scooped up and, and uh, sent out overseas. Now, the thing is, um, you know, life is rough. Politics is rough. Politics is not beanbag. But the fact of the matter is, the entire system has been so rigged, the, the system of democracy, which should be able to, of representative democracy, which should be able to result in throwing out these bad guys, that system itself has been intolerably rigged from gerrymandering to voter suppression to uh, electronic voting systems that are easily rigged, easily hacked, that are often in error, that can't be overseen by the public. Mm-hmm. Every way that the democratic system itself can be rigged, it pretty much has been rigged. And it has been rigged against the middle class, against the poor, and in favor of the corporate interest. And that's what makes all of this so incredibly dangerous because it is going to be so very difficult to get out of this mess. Brad, Brad, where's the hope in all of this? Well, that's a good question that I ask every day on the show. The hope is uh, we still do have some form of a system of democracy. We still have a government of the people, by the people, and for the people in theory, but only if the people show up show up to vote, show up to run for office, show up to make sure that their votes are counted and counted accurately uh, and make their voice heard. I think that uh, it's been pretty good in this country for a long time, no matter who's been in office, Republicans or Democrats, uh, there's things to complain about, but it has been by and large pretty good for many decades. Now I think people are starting to understand uh, the danger that we are now in, the danger that we're now putting the planet in, and that it will be up to we the people to step up and get this job done. You can't just uh, sit out elections. Uh, you can't sit out democracy. You actually have to participate. And I think there's uh, a, a few, uh, few uh, hundred million people who are uh, really chomping at the bit. Uh, to start doing that this year in 2018. Um, about a month ago on this podcast, we talked to a guy called Jay Townsend. He is a re- mostly Republican political consultant. He identified himself as a never-Trumper. And one question that I put to him, which he found, I thought, remarkably difficult to answer, was uh, who could he support as a candidate for 2020 or who? what individuals did he see hope in? Can you answer that? Uh, who who he would support in 2020? Who, who you that. would support. 
Uh, well, you know what? I don't. I'm not in the business of uh, of supporting candidates. I'm in the business of supporting voters. I've spent the last uh, well about decade and a half fighting for the rights for voters, fighting for the right uh, for voters to vote for whomever they want, even if they're terrible candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, I could name a lot of people uh, who I think you know. Well, who's I, I don't exciting? Think who's interesting in your view? Uh, for president, you're talking about whatever you think is relevant. Well, I think what's exciting is the fact that uh, people from all walks of life right now are stepping up to uh, to run for office. Where there was just a story out over this past week that now a record number of scientists are going to be stepping up to run for office. Mm-hmm. Everything from Congress through state office down to local school boards. That's incredibly important. That to me is incredibly uh, exciting. You know, you're <clears throat> never Trumper. Uh, fella, you talked about uh, before, he couldn't name anybody because it's not about Trump. This is about what's happened to the Republican Party, and it has been happening now to that party for decades. So even the never-Trumpers are still pretty much Trumpers. They're just kind of ticked off that uh, Donald Trump came out and said the things out loud that they had been working on for years uh, secretly with dog whistles. So no wonder he can't uh, speak to that, because even when Donald Trump goes away, it's still going to be the Donald Trump party. But there is a party of progressivism. Uh, there was a rising tide of progressivism, people who were inspired by people like Bernie Sanders, uh, who are getting out and uh, running all over the country. I think that's very exciting if they can keep it up, if they can uh, make it through this barrage that we're all uh, facing here for the next several years, I'm afraid. One thing that you mentioned there was, and I've been reading your stuff, I know that you do a lot of work on electoral integrity. Do you really think that there is the potential to swing a major election in the sort of uh, problems with electoral, electoral integrity that you see? Oh, yeah, of course. It's incredibly easy. It can be done within 30 seconds, and it doesn't take a, a nation state like Russia to do it. Uh, I mean, it can it can be any uh, country can do it. It can be any person can do it. Uh, most troubling, troublingly, it can be any insider who can do it. Any secretary of state or county election official who has about 30 seconds time can flip an entire election uh, in a way that uh, the public will almost certainly never know because we have made it so hard for the public to oversee the results, uh, to check the results, to do a hand count of the results where paper ballots actually exist. So, yeah, it's real easy to throw any election, and that should terrify just about everyone. If you were king of America tomorrow for a day and you could make one change, what would it be? Hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballots for every voter cast at the polling place, counted at the polling place publicly by hand with all parties watching, all video cameras watching, and the results posted right there at the precinct before ballots moved anywhere. Do that and get corporate money out of politics so you have publicly funded elections. Oh, and, we've got to number two. Uh, we've have- got to number two. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. That was two things, but we would have them uh, if we did, yeah, frankly, either one of those things. Uh, I think we could uh, turn around this, uh, this democracy in, in, a, in, in a half second. In truth. Brad, Brad Friedman, Brad Friedman, the host of the Daily Bradcast show on Pacifica Radio. Thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, William. Thanks for having me. Make your view heard. 
Email podcast at challengingopinions.com to set out your ideas and defend them on the next podcast. That's all for the Challenging Opinions podcast published on March 12th, 2018. You can find links to Brad's show and website in the show notes on the website. And do you know someone else who I should interview? I'm always interested to hear your feedback about who I should talk to and what I should talk about. And if you like Challenging Opinions, you can like the show on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the show at Challenging O and follow Brad Friedman at the Brad blog. But most importantly, subscribe to the show. It's free. You can use Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast app or software. There's links and an RSS feed for all of that on the website. And if you don't use a podcast app or software, you can subscribe by email. Just enter your email address on the Challenging Opinions website, and each time a new show goes online, you'll get a simple email with a link to listen and zero spam, I promise. You can find all of that or get in touch with me at www.challengingopinions.com. Coming up next Monday, that's March 19th, I'll be talking to Yaron Brook. He's the chairman of the board at the Ayn Rand Institute, and he's also a prolific writer and podcaster. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening. <laughs>